Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Oh yeah! Thank you for joining us, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. I'm going into this sleepless today. It's sleepless in Sydney, ladies and gentlemen, so I hope you've got your patience panties on because you may need them. You may need them. This show could be full of fuck-ups, foul-ups, down frowns and down trows. Thank you for joining us. Tonight's recommended drink, a cold Budweiser. A little tribute to celebrate the death of America. <laughs> Tonight's snack, I don't know, whatever the hell you got. Whatever you can still get now without being called an idiot for, uh, for eating it. Ah, uh, skull! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this, the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Hope you've had a lovely day. Hope you had a lovely night. I certainly have. And as usual, we've got so much to get through. Just before I forget, before we get too far, I want to give a big shout out, a big congratulatory shout out to my friend, the bearded truth, Mr. Jason Lyons. Uh, I watched his interview with Big Daddy C, a.k.a. Chris Mack, a.k.a the fundamentalist right-wing Christian extremist. Uh, He did an interview with him, and I watched it this morning while I was at work and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Jason, you know, (laughs) it was was nice to see, um, you know, somebody challenging. You you could tell by the way Chris was reacting um, what kind of feedback Jason was getting for pointing out constitutional things. For pointing out things that may or may not be legal in the Constitution, you know, it's funny. Like I, I just I enjoyed it thoroughly because um, when it comes to matters of the American Constitution, the first guy I go to is Jason Lyon because he knows his stuff. He is an he is an uber nerd. He studies the shit, and I don't know anybody else who studies it. Right? I know people who know it. I know people who are knowledgeable of it. I know people who understand it. I don't know anybody who will pour over books and essays and just read, 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 read about one document. He's your guy. Aside from that, he's not too boring. Uh, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed his interview with Chris Mack last night. So a big shout out to the Beard of Truth. Give him a follow on Twitter, on Twitter, if you feel so inclined. A um, lot of stuff to get through today. A lot of stuff. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to berate me about something, I'm losing track now, uh, then you can do so by heading over to Twitter and following me on uh, at boogie bumper. If you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's stream, then by all means, please do. A couple of ways you can do it. Head over to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper. Yes, I have changed the George Michael song. Now it's just a gun going off. You'll be pleased to know. So head over to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper, or you can go to the below address, streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper, text to speech and media share. So much to get through. I had um, a whole bunch of stuff that I've been saving up, not just from this week, but from last week. 
sometimes I have stories that I just carry over, carry over, carry over, and eventually I just don't get to them. So I thought, okay, tonight I'm just going to do like a whole bunch of these stories and a bunch of these clips that I've been saving, you know, that I've been waiting to get to, but just running out of time. And then Nancy Pelosi had to come out and fuck it all up. <laughs> she had to come out and ruin my plans. That bitch. Mm. See, I'm not lying. It's a Budweiser. There you go. Um, she had to come out and ruin what I had planned for the show. Thank you for the subs. Thank you for the ice creams, by the way, guys. Um, for... for for those who saw my um, old school Periscope this morning, just on Periscope, and if you want to watch it, you can go to my Twitter feed and find it on there. Thank you for the subs. Thank you for gifting subs. Very generous audience. Gifting everybody subs. Um, for those who missed my Periscope this morning, you can go back and watch it. <clears throat> I'm partly angry at myself. Because I, I dropped the ball. I fucked up here. Because, and it's... With the whole, you know, Nancy Pelosi, with the whole thing of the Democrats actually going through with the impeachment shit. Because I thought it could never happen. I thought there's no way they're going to do this. There's no way. But on this occasion, it wasn't because I was underestimating the Democrats. It's because I overestimated them. I thought Nancy Pelosi is too politically intelligent to go through with this. She's too cunning to allow this. She knows the reality. She won't do this. It will be it will be political suicide for her in the house. She will lose her stewardship of the house if she pushes on with this impeachment. Therefore, she's, there's no way she's going to do it. She's too rational. That was my mistake. I fucked up. I shouldn't have given them that much credit. I should have operated on the baseline theory that they are dumb as dog shit. Because that's what we're seeing. That's the evidence of what's coming out now. People are coming at me. <clears throat> As you know, I've got a lot of, uh, you know, more left-friendly uh, friends. And they're giving me stuff. And, oh, look at this evidence. Look at this evidence. I'm like, this is this does not count as evidence. I'm sorry, but an, an opinion about a document is not evidence. Somebody saying that they it seemed like somebody was being pressured is not evidence. It's just an opinion floating out there in the wind. So, I'm you know, that's that's me dropping the ball. That was me cutting you know a whole range of possibilities out of the equation because I gave the Democrats too much credit. I thought there's no way that they'll go through with this. Therefore, I don't have to consider it. Didn't watch didn't watch the hearings. Thought no, nope, this is all for show. Absolutely not going to do it. <laughs> Black Banner in the chat. Forklifts don't run into F-18s by themselves. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Thank you for the follow. So um, I do have a lot of stuff to get to and a lot of stuff to show you. A lot of stuff that I've been saving up and some fun stuff. But I, I feel like we have to cover a little bit of yesterday and this morning. Just at the start. So... Allow me, if you will, let's go on this journey together, ladies and gentlemen. I watched this live, and I've, I've got to tell you, it is it is fucking torture watching Nancy Pelosi speak. It's it's savage, man. The, the fumbling. At one point, she mistook the second article of impeachment for the Second Amendment. 
She called Vladimir Putin Vladimir Plutin. Like, you wouldn't believe it if I fucking told you. And so part of me is thinking like, wait, this is the spokesman for this? This is this is the representation that you want to put out to the public? You know, you would think for an action like this, it would have to be a show of strength. It would have to be a show of confidence. They, they, it has to be someone that cannot be rattled, right? It has to be someone that is 100% concrete sure of every single word. Like, I fuck up when I, when I speak as well. I fuck up when I read things from time to time. I'm pretty good, but I'm not perfect. It happens. I tend to read a little too fast and I fuck up as I go along the way. It happens. But then again, I'm not trying to get rid of the president. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was fucking amazed. And another thing I want you to keep your eye on here. See if this see if you pick this up as well. It seems to me like Nancy is good for about 3 minutes. She's good for like the start of whatever she's talking about. And then she progressively gets worse and worse. She degrades as the minutes tick by. Now that I've said that, you'll notice it. Trust me. She, she starts off really strong. And then by the end, she becomes the slurring, slobbering mess that we've all come to know and love. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're going to watch a little bit of Nana Nancy. Let's dissect this. Let's break this down. Let's see what the hell is going on over there. It's like America. America. Hello, America. Uh, this is your little cousin Australia calling. Uh, can you please cut the shit? <laughs> can you please stop? Uh, we kind of need you to be like not crazy right now. So if you could just do us a favor and like just stop being crazy. Can you put Nancy like in a home or something? Nancy's been calling up. She's been insulting our neighbors and stuff. It's not cool, man. So please, please, America, from from the bottom of our hearts, Dad, uh, you, the UK, Dad is very upset. He doesn't know what to do with you. You haven't been around for about three hundred years. You haven't called him. Thank you for the diamond space force droid. You haven't called Dad. You haven't spoken to Canada without insulting them. We barely see you anymore. Thank you for the diamonds. So can you please cut the shit and stop being so crazy? All right, let's have a look at little Nana Nancy. This would be good. Good morning, everyone. This is a very important day for us. And as you know, I reference temporal markers that our founders and our poets and others have used over time uh, to place us in time to emphasize the importance of time. Is it, is it just me, or does it sound like Nancy Pelosi has been replaced by Morpheus from The Matrix? <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this very important moment in time. And as we all know, time is very important. It's a temporal fixation to place ourselves at the timeline. Who knows what time will bring, but we know we must not waste time. Nancy decided on this occasion when she's going to announce that they are indeed pushing forward with the impeachment proceedings, they are indeed moving the articles of impeachment into the Senate. She decided to regale the free world with a soliloquy of a philosophical ponderance on the meaning of time and our place in it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she's on. 
What the hell is she on? I want some. I'd like to know. I, I'm watching this and I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> Founders and our poets and others have used over time uh, to place us in time to emphasize the importance of time because everything is about time. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> But, like, all jokes aside, it was at that moment that something dawned on me. And it's something that we've talked about before in passing but never really spent a lot of time on. For these people, the importance of legacy, right? What is the thing that she keeps repeating in regards to the impeachment of Donald Trump? What does she keep saying over and over and over again? You know what she says? He's impeached forever. Nobody can take that away. And now she comes out on this apparently a very solemn occasion, all smiles showing the pearly whites, talking about fucking, you know, the philosophical concept of time and her place in it. It, 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 it. It's then obvious to me that this woman is obsessed with legacy. What is her legacy? What am I going to be remembered for? And, you know, myself and uh, the voice of reason, Adam J, once spoke about this on the Common Discourse podcast that we do from time to time. And that this was his contention that, you know, we were talking about why are they doing this? Why would they go through with an impeachment, even though it's probably going to fail, even though it's, it's probably going to lose them a lot of votes in the House? Taking that as just say that's the reality, why would they do this? And that was his answer, because the, it's legacy. They need legacy. It's so they can say five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, we got rid of Donald Trump. Something that they can put up on a wall, something they can put up in the trophy cabinet. You know what I mean? And I'm like, something something as shallow as that, really? Do you think that's the case? And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What else have they got? What else have they got to work towards? What else do they have at the end of the day than legacy? So she's obsessed with time, her place in time. This is an important time. She's constantly referring to Donald Trump's impeachment being forever. It's permanent. It will never be forgotten. They can never take it away, she says. They'll never get rid of it. It's always going to be there for the rest of time. Looking for legacy harvesting legacy how we use it how we make how we uh mark it <laughs> and today is an important day because today is the day uh that we name the managers we go to the floor we go to the floor uh, to pass the resolution to transmit uh the articles of impeachment to the senate and later in the day when we have our engrossed it's it's like Every word is a struggle. I never bought into the Nancy is drunk all the time thing, but I'm starting to. You know what? You know what you do when you're really drunk? You over-articulate every single word, don't you? Like you try too hard to sound normal. You know what I mean? So if you've had too much to drink and a cop pulls you over, right? The police pull you over and say, have you had anything to drink today, sir? And you say, well, absolutely not. I definitely have not had a single drink today <laughs> you know what i mean so today we are 
transmitting the articles of impeachment and time. Time is very important. It sounds like a drunk person trying to hide the fact that they're drunk. And I'm not pulling this out of my ass. I am an Australian. So if anybody is going to feign expertise when it comes to having conversations with drunk people or as a drunk person, it's going to be me. I'm going to put my hand up on that one. Sorry, I am pulling rank. As an Australian, we consume more alcohol than just about anybody else on planet fucking Earth. I am pulling rank on this one. I can pick a drunk. <laughs> ...that we march of those march. articles of impeachment to the United States Senate. As I've said, Senate. it's always been uh, our founders when they started, when in the court... See, it's not the slurring for me. The sl people get hung up on the slurring, right? It's not the slurring for me because old people do tend to slur their speech a little bit just anyway. For me, it's the over-articulation of every single syllable and trying so hard not to make the words flow together because that's what people do when they've had too much to drink. You know what I mean? Subhuman events. It becomes necessary when... <laughs> Andrew Jackson's taint in the chat. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you for joining us, comrade. If you listen closely, you can almost hear the ping pong ball hitting the sides of her skull. Dink, dink, dink. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, four score and seven years ago. Thomas Paine. Now oh, Australian versus Irish drinking contest. Who wins? We win every day of the every day of the week. You can always drink more when it's fucking hot outside, right? So in the blistering sun, the people from Britain come down here in the Australian summer and they're like, yeah, let's go to the cricket. Let's go to the beach. We'll have some beers. If you're drinking uh, cold beer in the hot sun, trust me, if you're not used to it, it will evaporate your longevity at least by 80%. I've seen English guys and Irish guys come down here and try to drink, try to keep up with us in the hot sun. And after four or five beers, they are on the floor. <laughs> It's a totally different, it's home field advantage. These are the times that try men's souls, the times have found us. Again and again, even, even our poets, uh, Longfellow, remember, listen my children and you will hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere on the 18th of April. And she's quoting, she's doing Paul Revere now. I, I fucking knew this would happen too. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Remember saying a couple of years ago, don't worry, one day you will be the terrorists. The Democrats are going to be the ones who are saving America. They've just done the old switcheroo, you know what I mean? Now we love, we're the ones that love the Constitution. We love the stories of, you know, the birth of America. We love George Washington. We love Paul Revere. We are the patriots. You guys are destroying the Republic over there. You're damaging the Republic. You're killing the Constitution. We're defenders of the Constitution. You hate the Constitution. Your guy doesn't even care about the Constitution. Your guy is killing the United States, the exquisite Republic that we fought so hard for. I'm here. I'm here in front of the American flag. And, and think of the poets and Paul Revere. And it's a, it's an exquisite, beautiful constitution, and and you know we're not happy about it, but we are here. She just kept saying over and over, "We're here because of the constitution." 
We're doing this for the Constitution. Constitution, Constitution, Constitution. 75, hardly a man is now alive that remembers that famous day and year. It's always about marking history using time. On December 18th, Unbelievable. the House of Representatives impeached the president. See, marking history using time. This is, a, this is for legacy. She wants to be remembered. She wants to go down in the history books, man. I'm telling you. It's an old lady at the end of her run who drinks too much, who is scared that nobody is going to care about her after she's dead. I'm putting it out there. I can't think of any other reason why they would think that this is a good idea. ...of the United States. An impeachment that will last forever. (laughs) There it is again. There it is again. Um, Since December 18th, there have been comments about when are we going to send the articles over. Now is the time when you start to notice Nancy dropping off. Now is the time when you start to notice the adrenaline leaving Nancy Pelosi's system and she's falling back to default Pelosi. A guy once told me if you're ever in a bar fight, when I was young, he's like, if you're ever in a bar fight, what you have to do is get the adrenaline out of the other guy's system before you hit them. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, at that first moment when, when a guy's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, uh, he's going to be twice as strong because he's got adrenaline pumping through his veins. So it's your job to uh, delay the action, delay the fight, do whatever you can. You know, it might take a minute or two to just diffuse, 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 diffuse until the adrenaline is gone from his system. And at that moment, when you notice his muscles relaxing, when you see the vein in his neck go away, that's when you punch him in the face. (laughs) Because then your adrenaline's up. Well, we had hoped that the courtesy would be... So the adrenaline's starting to leave her system now. She's now running back to default Pelosi. ...extended that we would have seen what the process would be in the Senate. Short of that... Uh, that time has revealed many things since then. Mm. Time has been our friend. Time has been our friend. Because it has yielded incriminating evidence, more truth uh, into the public domain. This is just this is just sad to me. This is sad. Like, is anyone inspired by this? Is this brave? Is is this smart? Is this politically intelligent? Is this like, you know, is this a great thing that's happening here? I I genuinely, objectively, and it's like completely stripping any kind of partisanship out of, now I'm doing Nancy, partisanship out of the equation. I just look at this and I think, oh, this is just a, a sad display a sad, sorry display. Look at these people. Look at Nadler. Look at Nancy. She's up there babbling about time and what the fuck is she on about? Nobody knows. Talking about all of this overwhelming evidence when we know it's like some guy's opinion who listened to a phone call. It's just sad. 
since we passed the articles uh, on the December articles? 20th, two days later, new email showed that 91 minutes after Trump's phone call with uh, President... But she, she can barely get the words out. Thank you for the diamond, Piper. She can, she can barely get the words out. She can barely speak. This is the spokesman. This is the big swinging dick in the impeachment proceeding. Oh, Nancy. Oh, Nancy. The corporate me- the way the corporate media tries to fluff up Nancy Pelosi is fucking next level. Everybody knows that she is, she was in the last uh, Congress when she was Speaker under Barack Obama. She was officially the most unpopular Speaker of the House of all time. Thank you for coming. With Democrats. Democrats hate her. Like the level of unreality now, it, 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 you feel dirty. You know what I mean? We all know that she's really unpopular. We all know that Democrats hate her guts. They didn't even want her this time. Remember? There was a whole bunch of them that wanted to vote against her. And she, she's now the rep- she's now the face of the impeachment proceeding. They make out like it's it's Donald Trump versus Nancy Pelosi. Donald Trump can get there for all of his failings. If you hate Donald Trump, hear me now. Take your emotional bias out of the equation. Even if you hate Donald Trump, you have to admit the guy can stand there in front of a crowd of twenty thousand people and just riff for two hours. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Doesn't skip a beat. We're going to play a little bit of his speech last night. He was fuck. I don't know. He was talking about toilets or something. Well, you know the water. The, the, you can't get that water in your toilet. I don't know why they're putting these stupid showers in. Have you bought a dishwasher? Have you ever seen these new dishwashers? <laughs> She's reading from notes and she can barely pronounce the words that she wrote. It's sad. So they present it as like, oh, this big showdown, this big one-on-one, Nancy Pelosi versus Donald Trump. Donald Trump must be sitting there going, are they kidding me? She can barely fucking stand up. I almost feel cruel. And, and Vladimir Putin and, yeah, and time. And we're talking about time and the impeachment of time. And time is always and forever. And the impeachment is forever. And that's why we're here, because we have time. It's fucking, it's incoherent nonsense. <laughs> Objectively. Zelensky, a top office of management and budget uh, aid, asked the Department of Defense to hold off on the Hold off. The, accentuate, the, the moments that she decides to accentuate her words are fascinating to me. Why that? Why then? And Zelensky is in the budget and the thing, and they decided to hold off on any future. <laughs> Ukraine aid. On December 29th, revelations emerged about the OMB director and acting chief of staff Omani's role Omani's in the delay role. of the effort by lawyers of the, in the administration to justify the delay <laughs> and the alarm. This is very important that the alarm that the very delay important. time uh, caused within the administration. Right. On January 2nd, newly <clears throat> unredacted. Do you see, like, again, 
strip the partisanship out of this. Take this from a foreigner. Take this from a guy who, like I said, didn't pay really any attention to the impeachment hearings whatsoever. Imagine this is your first time. Imagine this is the first contact you have with this issue. Just just try to put yourself in that position. Because this is these are the clips that they're playing on the news now to people who have not engaged with the impeachment shit at all. Because now all of a sudden, now it's real. Now it's mean now it means something. Now things are happening. So imagine this is your first contact with the impeachment uh, fiasco from the get-go. And and imagine trying to make sense of this as an average person who's just going to work, just doing a job, just buying food for the kids, whatever, taking the kids to school, doing just doing normal human things. Imagine trying to make sense of this. OMB director and acting chief of staff Omani's role in the delay of the effort by lawyers of the, in the administration to justify the delay and the alarm. This is very important that the alarm that the delay time uh, caused within the administration. On January 2nd, newly unredacted Pentagon emails, which the House subpoenaed and the president blocked, raised serious concerns by the Trump administration officials. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm getting at here? This is not a simple to follow thing that they're doing. <clears throat> That's why in my Periscope this morning I was talking about they they want they need to present the case that it's simple, okay? The case that they're going to present to you is uh, Donald Trump should be impeached because Congress voted to give the Ukraine this amount of money and he withheld it for his own reasons to try and hurt a political opponent in Joe Biden. And that's very simple. But that's what you have to stick to. That's messaging, right? If this is your first time dealing with this topic, you you jump on now. You see Nancy Pelosi and she's like, and and the lawyers kept the, uh, uh, and the people, time. It's about time. And, and so the paperwork didn't come. And so there was delays, and 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 the record keeper from the administration. We had the we had this, and 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 because because there was time, there was a there was a difference in the time, and so and then on on January eighteen, uh, December eighteen, sorry, and then we did this, and and then you know we couldn't get uh, uh, what we were looking for. Incoherent nonsense. It's it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me as somebody who's like watches politics and is interested in it that somebody who has been in her position of authority for as long as she has could do this to herself. I'm seriously fucking amazed that they could be so bad at this. It's horrifying. And like I said, the reason that I, again, I'm angry at myself because the reason I never saw this coming was because I thought, no, they're not that stupid. They're not that stupid. They're not going to do this. They're far too cunning. They're far too rational. They've been there far too long. There's no way they're going to put themselves through this fucking fiasco. No way. Not going to happen. Look what happens. By Trump administration officials, they were concerned about the legality of the president's hold on the aid to the Ukraine. On January 6th, former Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton said he would comply with a subpoena uh, to testify and that he has new relevant information. Relevant. 
on January 13th. <laughs> Did you see that? It's like she thought she was at the end of her speech and then she was disappointed when she found another paragraph. Look at this. John Bolton said he would comply with a subpoena uh, to testify and that he has new relevant information. That is the look of a woman who says, I can't believe that I'm doing this. It's like she's having an out-of-body experience and her spiritual self is watching her physical self going, Nancy, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get off the stage. I can't. I feel like my feet are super glued behind this dais. I can't move. I can't stop myself. What the hell am I doing? Is this a dream? Is this a nightmare? Why am I here? Where am I? (laughs) Bring me another scotch. On January 13th, reports emerged the Russian government hacked a Ukrainian gas company. Hacked a Ukrainian gas company. Burisma as part of their ongoing effort to influence U.S. elections influence. To support, in support of President Trump. And just yesterday, just the yesterday. House Committee, two of our chairmen here, uh, Chairman, Chairman Nadler of Judiciary, Chairman Schiff of Intelligence, Chairman Elliot Engel of Foreign Affairs God. and Chairwoman Maloney of Government Reform. Uh, uh, this, again, <clears throat> my Democrat comrades, my Democrat brothers and sisters, most of your team are wise enough to understand why this is bad, right? But just say you're one of the very few who put Nancy Pelosi up on a pedestal. She's going to save us. She's going to take down this guy. Nancy Pelosi is cunning, she's clever, she's articulate, she's a fucking megastar. Nobody's stopping Nancy Pelosi. Just say you're one of those people. Watch this last sort of 15, 20 seconds again and try to see things objectively. Try to strip your bias out of what you see here. Remove that perception from your lens. Have another listen and see why this is not good for you. Chairman here. Uh, Chairman, Chairman Nadler of Judiciary, Chairman Schiff of Intelligence, Chairman Elliot Engel of Foreign Affairs, and Chairwoman Maloney of Government Reform, uh, uh, they uh, released new evidence pursuant to a House subpoena. She is a mumbling, she's mumbling and talking into her chest like a nervous bedwetting 12-year-old at their first spelling bee. Right? This is supposed this is supposed to be the fearless leader, ladies and gentlemen. This is supposed to be the confident, the sassy, the classy, the savage, the brutal, the take no prisoners speaker of the house Nancy Pelosi. In reality, she is a dottery old woman with zero confidence and zero projection. She can't speak without reading her notes and when she does speak, she looks down at the floor and talks into her chest and talks like barely able to get into the microphone and and uh, um, there was dud time and it was held off and because of the time and uh, uh, the, uh, the the committee chairman and uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Nadler and uh, 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 from from judiciary and Mr. Schiff and 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 uh, Mr. Engels from a foreign uh, committee and 
Can, can you not understand why even, you know, two-thirds of your own comrades on the Democrat side of the House think this is a fucking shit show? That this is this is a joke? Like, this, how the hell is this happening? Why is this woman representing us? <laughs> That's what they're saying. In your corporate media-infused bubble, in your echo chamber, these kinds of opinions will never penetrate. But trust me, the majority of your team hate this. It makes them look weak. It makes them look stupid. It makes them look pathetic. Like I said, it's it's not it's not the classy, it's not the sassy, it's not the fearless lioness of the house. It is the dottery old woman who can barely look, who can barely keep eye contact, who speaks into her chest, who shakes when she speaks, who slurs her words, who doesn't know one thing from me. It's, it's a fucking embarrassment. <laughs> and this is the message that's going out to the rest of the world. This is the saviour. This is the best you've got. This is the best you have. I tell you, if, if you are a Democrat, take it from some, like I said, as a foreign observer, just watching it happen. No emotional attachment at all. Just take it from me as somebody watching from the outside, like an ant farm. This is the best you've got. If I were you, I would be terrified. She wants to talk about legacy. She wants to talk about their place in time. She wants to talk about things that will live on after they're gone. This is her legacy. This. Nobody's going to remember the impeachment. They're going to remember this impeachment, this what's happening on the screen right now. This will be the legacy of Nancy Pelosi. And she'll wish that it wasn't. Nobody's going to forget how horrifyingly bad this is. I know you don't care. I know, I know you don't care. I know you're oh, fucking bullshit. Trump, Trump supporter there. <laughs> Talk to me in a year or two. This is not going to end well. Thank you for coming. Uh, I'll see you in hell. Lev Parnas, you know who that is, an associate of Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Lev Parnas, you know who that is, an associate of uh, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> uh, Lev Parnas, you know who that is, an associate of Rudy Giuliani. That further proves... That Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Lev Parnas, you know who that is. Yeah, I know who that is. I'd, who the fuck's Rudy Giovanni, though? Never heard of that guy. The president was the central player in the scheme to pressure scheme. Ukraine for his own benefit in the 2020 election. This is about the Constitution of the United States. Constitution of the United States. It's important to the, the... See what I told you? So after the first few minutes, now we start to get the slurring of the words. Now we get all the words mixing into one big word. This is about the Constitution of the United States. Lev Parnas, you know who he is, is uh, associate of uh, Rudy Giuliani. President. It starts to get progressively worse. To know, and Putin to know, the American voter, voters in America should decide who our president is, not Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. 
Rudy Giovanni, Rudy Giovanni, and Vladimir Putin. <laughs> You're a fucking joke. You are an international fucking laughing stock. All of these people are so good. Oh, Donald Trump makes us an embarrassment. No, this does. This is your embarrassment right here. Vladimir Putin? <laughs> Rudy Giovanni? <laughs> I'm actually going to clip that. I'll make that uh, the sound when somebody subscribes from now on. Nancy Pelosi saying, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. In America, should dis- it's important for the, the president to know and Putin to know. Yep. The American voter, mm. voters in America should decide yep. who our president is. Yes. Not Vladimir Putin. Not Vladimir Putin. Well, thank God. Thank God Vladimir Putin is not running the show. Because that would be horrifying. That would be terrible. <laughs> I don't even know who Vladimir Putin is. Imagine that. I'm going to move on because we've got so much to get through. We might have to go overtime tonight. We're already like 50 minutes into the show. I, 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 hope, you, I hope if you're a Democrat out there and, and you, I hope you can see my point. You don't have to agree with me, but just try to understand how, how horrifying this is for you right now. It is unbelievably bad. Again, just as an outsider looking in. The woman who is the face of the campaign. The woman who is steering the ship, ladies and gentlemen. Vladimir Putin. Horrifying. <laughs> Absolutely horrifying. Uh, I want to play this. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. coming. I'll see you in heaven. I wanted to play this. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this already. Somebody I do respect on the Democrat side of the ledger. Not, I don't agree with him at all. I don't agree with any of his politics whatsoever. Van Jones, I do respect, though. Van Jones comes across to me as somebody who is legitimately intelligent, legitimately articulate, and he is somebody, I think, who understands framing probably better than any of the pundits that are sharing this stage with him. He knows what, what a, what's a good message, what's a bad message. He knows a good frame and a bad frame. He knows good optics and bad optics. He knows when they're in front and he knows when they're behind. And he's, he's got the intellectual uh, humility to admit it. So he's no dummy, Van Jones. Disagree with him probably 100% when it comes to politics, uh, but don't disagree with his analysis because uh, more often than not, he's an, he's an intelligent guy who nails it. Don't always agree, but often, often do. Uh, so this is his comments after the Democrat debate last night. What I love about Elizabeth Warren in those moments, she never stops being the educator in chief. She didn't just say, hey, listen, I'm a woman. I can do it. Rah, rah, rah. She made the case that women have been winning in the Trump era and have been leading this movement. And so I think that she used, she used moment well. But that was as, as a progress. I'd like to just interrupt Van Jones there and say it was probably a little raw, but Van, now the entirety of the internet is trending a hashtag, what is it? Uh, No no to Elizabeth Warren. Vote no for Warren. Uh, Van, the entirety of the Democrat Party who is not in favour of Elizabeth Warren now hates her fucking guts because of what your your network did to Bernie Sanders last night. (laughs) 
So I've got to put a cross behind Van Jones for that little observation. You know, you know, Elizabeth Warren, she's just so darn, she's just so darn popular. She's just so smart. Yes, she was educating because that's what people, that's what people love in 2020, isn't it? Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you get the diamonds, Gypsy? Where did you steal the diamonds from, Gypsy? So, so um, Van, hello. No, Van, um, I don't think in 2020 that voters want to be educated by Elizabeth Warren. I don't think voters are in the mood to be lectured to anymore. Would that be a fair thing to say? Press one in the chat if you're sick of politicians, entitled politicians in the bubble, lecturing to you about what you should think and what is the right opinion and what is the wrong opinion, telling you what what it means to be good and what, what it means to be bad. I mean, do you want more politicians like Elizabeth Warren standing up on stages, educating you, dragging you up from the gutter? You knuckle-dragging peasants, you. You uneducated swill, you. You need to be educated, don't you, by Elizabeth Warren. Chief pile of sitting bull. It's a wall of ones. <laughs> a wall of ones. So I don't know where he's getting that from. Um, perhaps we'll put that down to uh, CNN pumping up Elizabeth Warren's tyres. For what, for what reason, I don't know. Have they picked their winner? Has she already been decided as the winning candidate? Is that is that what happened last night? Jump on Democrat Twitter and have a look what they're talking about. They're now saying CNN is trash. CNN rigged it. CNN was uh, pumping up Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren is full of shit. She lies. <laughs> Everybody else who's not in favour of Elizabeth Warren now hates her because of what CNN did last night. Oh, it's going to be fun. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> I can't wait for the next six months. Can you? Aren't you happy that you're alive during this time? Aren't you happy that Bernie Sanders is being asked to drop out of the presidential race? Why? Because he mansplained to Elizabeth Warren on the debate stage. <laughs> Here's fucking Bernie Sanders thinking that he's going to come into the campaign and talk about welfare and health care, and he's getting accused of mansplaining. I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never heard of that before in my fucking life. What the fuck is a man's plane? Is that some kind of, uh, you know, labor intensive? If that's, that's, that's a kind of blue collar job, a man's planer? Or is that some kind of gardener or something? What the hell are you talking about? Well, Bernie, I think you should drop out because your mansplaining to Elizabeth Warren last night was highly offensive. Very offensive. It's very misogynistic, Bernie. I, I don't understand you people anymore. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Poor old Bernie. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> it's like this. Thank you for the diamonds. They're starting to realize just how far left their left has gone. You know what I mean? If you're Bernie Sanders, you're thinking like, yeah, I've got this under control. I know what's happening here. And next thing you know, you've got like 21-year-olds hitting you up on Twitter saying, why don't you stop mansplaining, you misogynist? And like I said, he probably doesn't even know what the fucking word means. And now he's a bad guy. <laughs> what the hell did I do? I don't know what I did. 
He read out some da- he read out some numbers to Elizabeth Warren. He read out some data. Oh, you're not allowed to explain things to a woman. You fucking bigot. <laughs> Thank you, Okie Gal. So now everybody hates Elizabeth Warren. Good job, CNN. Whatever CNN touches turns to shit. Over and over and over. Remember, originally they were in the tank for Joe Biden. They're like, oh, Joe Biden, he's our guy. He's the safe corporate option. We're going with uh, trusty Uncle Joe. As soon as CNN started running puff pieces on Joe Biden, his popularity went through the fucking floor. And so fuck me dead. They thought, well, we fucked Joe Biden's life. Let's let's move on to another candidate. Let's go for Elizabeth Warren now. So they manipulate and massage the whole debate process to be in favor of Elizabeth Warren. And what's the result? 80% of Democrats now hate her fucking guts. <laughs> they hate her. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Everything CNN touches turns to shit. <laughs> Fuck them. Impressive. To see those two have that level of vitriol was very dispiriting. And I want to say that tonight for me was dispiriting. The Democrats going to have to do better than what we saw tonight. There was nothing I saw tonight that would be able to take Donald Trump out. And I want to see a, a, a Democrat in the White House as soon as possible. There was nothing tonight that if you're looking at this thing, you say this, any of these people are prepared for what Donald Trump is going to do to us. And to see further division tonight is very dispiriting. None of these people are prepared for what Donald Trump is going to do to us. And you can you can see it on his face. He, he fucking means it. And again, I'll give a little tip of the hat to Van Jones because, like I said, I respect the guy. I think he's a smart guy, man. Do you remember uh, Donald Trump's State of the Union address, the first one that he made? And he, he was pointing to people in the crowd and there was the widow. Do you remember specifically, there was the widow of the veteran and he talked about the veteran's sacrifice and stuff and then talked about the widow and she's raised and she was crying, right? And there was a standing ovation. After that State of the Union address, um, Van Jones came on and said, if he keeps doing shit like that, we can't beat him. As long as Donald Trump keeps doing shit like that, we're fucked. Like oh, he obviously didn't say it like that. I'm sure he would have liked to. He said it in a you know a more pundit friendly manner, but that was his message basically. Don't what Donald Trump just did there. If he keeps doing that, we can't win. <laughs> so you got to give respect where it's due. Uh, on the other hand, there was a rally last night, a Trump rally. Now I want to I want to give you the juxtaposition. The Hill tweeted this out. The Hill tweeted this out, I suspect, as a means to attack Donald Trump, as if to say, ha look at this fucking guy. Look at this fucking idiot over here. Contrast what we've just digested with Nancy Pelosi, unlike the mush that she hasn't digested, which I suspect she has to eat through a straw these days or be hand-fed by one of her carers. Contrast that with what you're about to see here. And like I said, he's in in this part of the speech, I, 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 he's talking about fucking water flow and toilets and God knows what. And I'm laughing like, I don't even know why he's talking about this. This is It's so surreal to me. Not only is the Nancy Pelosi shit surreal, it's also surreal to have a president, you know, in front of this audience complaining about the toilets. <laughs> of all the things you can talk about. 
I put something out on Twitter earlier. It's like, okay, Donald Trump's rally points, all right? So one, fake news, two, impeachment, three, Iran, four, jobs, five, the economy, and six, uh, there's not enough water flowing in our toilets. And I try to put myself in the mind of a writer in the corporate press, like sitting there with this, and I'm like, what the hell do I do with this? What, what's he talking about? How much water there is in the toilet? I don't know what to write about that. <laughs> What the hell am I supposed to say about that? You know what I mean? So let's have a look from the Trump rally last night. Just contrast it with Nancy Pelosi stumbling and mumbling and fumbling and talking into her chest like a scared little girl at a spelling bee, pissing herself on live TV. And we're here for time. And time is very important. We're here for the Constitution. And uh, and uh, Chairman and uh, Mr. Nadler and uh, uh, Mr. Schiff and there's new evidence that come to light, come to light new evidence, and uh, you know the 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 people, the voters of the people, the the people of the voters will decide, not Vladimir Putin. So contrast that with this. Look how relaxed he is. Just one final thing. See, I've I've mentioned this before. If this if you're a new listener to the show, you might not have heard this before. Without going into too much detail, part of what my wife does is she she trains leaders, right? And she identifies uh, qualities in people when they do presentations and stuff in the corporate world. And one of the things she talks about, so she she'll like do psychological analysis and stuff to see what motivates people, what demotivates each individual person, and then she structures her learning plans around their particular traits. Right? She's quite good at it too. And the first time I made her watch a Donald Trump rally because I was genuinely curious. She hates politics. She has no interest in politics whatsoever. Could not care less. If I bring the topic up, she hits me on the back of the head and says, stop talking about it. I don't want to fucking hear it. True. So I said, look, I'm going to watch this Donald Trump rally. Why don't you sit down with me and watch it? So she's watching it for about five minutes. And the term she used is she just comes out and says he is fully expressed. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, well, when he's talking, he's not hiding anything. When he talks, like you can see his body language, the way he presents himself, the way he looks around, what his arms are doing right. He is, he is in the moment at all times. She said other people, when they get up on like on a stage or in front of a microphone or where they're giving some kind of a presentation, they are within themselves. They're not being themselves, which isn't a bad thing. You know, you can't be, you want to be a good presenter. So they'll stand there and they're conscious of how they're saying things and what they're saying and how they stand and their body positioning and stuff, right? Trump does not like look at look at him. He's just like leaning on the thing. He's like, you know, so I'm like fucking hanging out here and all of this crazy shit going on. And he's just like, he's that's what she means, fully expressed. She said that's what like the most magnetic leaders do because they don't have to think about it. You can't fake it. You can't pretend. It's just a, you've either got that quality or you don't. And it's very rare for people to have that quality. That is, that is just like pure confidence. And so, like I said, she's, you know, she's got qualifications and experience. To, it's not, she's not just pulling this shit out of a hat. And she'd never seen him speak before, before she said it. She does this for a living. 
just pure distilled confidence, which is so incredibly rare. And people are drawn to that kind of a personality. People are, like I said, magnetized to it. It always made me laugh when people try to come out and say, oh, he's scared. He's scared all the time. Oh, he's only saying these things because he's scared. The only way that you could believe something like that, you don't have to um, know what I was just talking about. You don't have to know anything like that. You only have to be honest with yourself to know that that's bullshit. Because you pick up what he's doing on a subconscious level. Even if you don't understand the technical, like you don't understand the technical realities of it, you know, being fully expressed, the confidence, the delivery, the the body language, right? Even if you, that's why it works because it works on a subconscious level. We're not consciously thinking of it. But people like my wife, for example, are trained to look for that stuff. If you're being honest with yourself, you you cannot say that he's not like a magnetic character, that he's not supremely confident. So when these hack journalists come out and say, well, he obviously said this because he's terrified. And one, it's an insult to try and say that because all you have to do is listen to the way the guy talks to know that he's clearly not terrified. Clearly. And it's an insult because there's a whole bunch of people who are just going to believe it. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Because they'll they'll believe it because they want to believe it. Not because not because it's believable, but because they want to. They want to hate him. They have to hate him. So they have to hate everything. I've tried to explain this to people who hate the guy. It's okay. You're allowed to hate Donald Trump. You don't have to like him. I'm not here saying, oh, you gotta vote for Donald Trump. I'm not waving a fucking I'm not waving pom-poms for the guy. I'm just, I, I do what is and what isn't. So you can hate him all you want. That's fine. But if you hate him, you have to at least admit what he's good at. And when we contrast that, when we contrast this, right, what he's good at with this shit, with this here. There's up in the 2020 election. Contrast the two. Contrast Donald Trump, the way he talks, the fact that he's fully expressed, he has supreme confidence when he's on the microphone versus this. This is about the Constitution of the United States. And it's important for the, the president to know and Putin to know the American voter, voters in America should decide who our president is, not Vladimir Putin. <laughs> it's a fucking no contest. It is a first round, first punch knockout. It's not even close, guys. She's talking into her chest. She's mumbling. She's slurring her words. She barely has the confidence to stand there in the first place. So when you try to tell me that this classy, sassy, savage, fearless woman, this lioness of the house is taking down this guy who is terrified and nervous and afraid and paranoid, you look like a fucking moron. You sound like a fucking idiot when you try to sell that story. And it is so unbelievable that people who do not watch politics in any way, shape or form, it is such a lie that people will instinctively, their their natural urge will be to rebel against it. 
they will reject the programming because it is so ridiculous to say. And those who believe it want to believe it. They force themselves to believe it. It is literally the only way that somebody could. Look at the difference here. Look at the difference in presentation. Remember what I said about all the other stuff, fully expressed, confidence, delivery, everything. Look at the difference. And just one final thing. I know this doesn't matter. <laughs> but I say leave it. It's so inelegant to talk about it, right? Right? Isn't it inelegant? I'm talking about dishwashers. Wait till you hear the next one. I'm talking about refrigerators. Probably won't in the State of the Union. I'll leave it out because I want to get praise for making it. You cannot make. <laughs> Self-deprecation, right? Self-deprecating humor. He's, he's having a laugh at himself. Ah, it's, an, it's an unelegant topic, but what the hell are you going to do? He's leaning, on the, he's leaning on the podium. He's talking to you. He's not talking at you. You feel like he's talking to you, like you're having a conversation at a bar, right? It's very difficult to fake that. Not many people can do it. It's something you either have or you do not have. Well, the uh, impeachment article and uh, Schiff, Mr. Schiff and uh, Mr. Nadler, and, and we're here for the Constitution and time. Time is important. And the, the voters of America, the American voters of America, uh, they should decide uh, who wins uh, the election and not uh, uh, Vladimir Putin. A brilliant speech where they say that was such an incredible, elegant speech. If I'm talking about dishwashers, sinks, toilets, light bulbs. <laughs> but sinks, toilets, and showers, you don't get any water. <laughs> He's a fucking maniac. He's a maniac. <laughs> you you have to have supreme confidence to be the president at a rally stage whilst you are being impeached and talk about dishwashers and sinks and fucking toilets like a casual conversation you would have whilst waiting in line at Walmart. Oh, what do you got there? You got the new uh, toilet filter there? Yeah, can you believe these? Can you believe these new fucking toilets, huh, Joel? Huh? You believe I got one of these new fucking toilets installed last week? There ain't no water going through the fucking thing. I got turds floating in there all week. Yeah, tell me about it. I got one of those new dishwashers. I'm pulling dishes out of there, and it's got gravy. And it's still got half a fucking chicken leg on there. There's no water going through the fucking dishwashers anymore. <laughs> That's, that's what he's, he's, this is the conversation he's having at a rally. He's a maniac, <laughs> but supremely confident in his own skin, fully expressed, nothing to hide. Everything is on show. He is 100% being himself because he can't do anything else. It's quite, it's quite, un, it's quite surreal when you study the difference between that and that, and that, that slobbering mess that can barely uh, keep her head up while she's announcing that she's going to kick him out. Something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, do you believe it, Jim? I'm putting fucking saucepans in this dishwasher. There ain't no water going through there. 
I've been cooking the same chunk of pasta for the last month and a half. When is the government going to do something about getting the turds out of my toilet? Nobody's talking about this shit. President Trump comes in. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's not elegant. I know I'm running for the presidency, but I know it's not elegant. Go, I'm not probably not going to mention this at the State of the Union, okay, because I want to get praised. I want to I get told that I did a good job. So I'm probably not going to say it, but what the hell? What's the difference? I was just talking about toilets. Have you seen these new dishwashers? <laughs> what is going on with the sinks? <laughs> and Joe and Jim, who were just complaining about their dishwasher in the crowd, are like, did you hear that? <laughs> he knows what we're fucking dealing with over here. Who would have thunk it? The guy's talking about the fucking toilet floor, the toilet water. I've been complaining about this shit for three months. Speech. If I'm talking about dishwashers, sinks, toilets, light bulbs. But sinks, toilets, and showers. You don't get any water. They put restrictors on, and now they've made them permanent. People face. used to take them out. They put restrictors on. Try going and buying a new faucet. You turn it on, no water comes out. <laughs> we won't talk about toilets, but you know that's a, 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 a 10, 15. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about because that. Because I've said this three or four times. The only subject. Look, let's talk about the toilets. I don't want to talk about the fucking toilets, but we're going to talk about the toilets, all right? I think they ever talk about his <laughs> toilets, so I don't mention that. But how about the shower? What about the you shower? You go into huh? a shower. You take a shower, you can't get the fucking mud out of your hair. I'm standing under that shower for a goddamn week and a half. I got the toilet brush up and down on the, on the back of my neck. I can't get the fucking dirt off. There's no water in there. What the hell am I supposed to do over here? <laughs> I ain't talking about the to Don't get me started on the goddamn toilets, though. Turds floating in there for a week and a half. You got the turds floating in the toilet. You got the dishes won't get clean, and I can't take a fucking shower. <laughs> so today we need to, uh, it's about time and impeachment, and it's very important because the vo America vo voters of America... America voters uh, cannot be dictated to by the, uh, Vladimir Putin. Can't take a fucking shower over it. And I have this beautiful head of hair. I need a lot of water. <laughs> he, makes, he makes jokes about himself. When was the last time Nancy Pelosi came out and make it, made a joke about her mispronunciation of words? Can you think of any time? No, they take, us, they take themselves far too seriously. When was the last time you heard any Democrat tell a joke about themselves, make fun of themselves, do a little bit of de self-deprecating humour? Can you give me one example in, in the last three years? Or has it just been outrage? Has it just been holier than thou, as Van Jode said, educating people? Give me one, one instance, and I'll play it on the show. Tell me one time a Democrat got up there and actually did something that normal people do. Have a laugh at themselves. It's not hard to do. I do it all the time. It's called not taking yourself too seriously. 
You know, because I got a beautiful head of hair. I need a lot of water. Got to have a lot of water in there. Again, that's that only comes with confidence. If you don't have confidence, you won't take shots at yourself, right? If you don't, people who don't have a lot of confidence take themselves very seriously because they don't have the confidence to laugh at themselves, right? Because their vision of themselves, their idea of themselves is so poor already, they don't find it funny. Like on a, on a psychological level, they don't find it funny, anything that they do, anything that they do wrong. So they don't have the ability to laugh at themselves because they're constantly trying to correct themselves instead. They're trying to present a different them. They're trying to present a, a different version of themselves to the world. They're not being themselves. You can make jokes about yourself as long as you're being yourself. You can't make jokes about yourself if you're not being yourself because then you're making jokes about somebody else. Somebody who ain't you. And why would that be funny? I'm going to play a little bit more. But we don't talk about that. Because I've we said this three or four that. times, the only subject they ever talk about is toilets, so I don't mention it. <laughs> but how about the shower? You go into a shower. Even, even just that. You know, those, those people out... Those people out there, all they say, all he talks about is toilets. So I'm not going to talk about the toilets after he's just been talking about the toilets for two minutes. Because <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. You know, I want to talk about the toilets, but the people out there keep saying that I can't talk about the goddamn toilets. You know, I've mentioned I was just talking about the toilets for the last two minutes, but I'm not going to talk about the toilets. They don't want me talking about the toilets. I guess I won't talk about the toilets. It's just it's like very New York to me. And I have this beautiful head of hair. I need a lot of water. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you go into the shower, right? He's, he's, you turn on the water, drip. He's, <laughs> he's describing himself taking a shower. <laughs> you go in the shower, you turn the faucet on. It's like drip, drip. Who is this guy? <laughs> He's the president. He's describing himself taking a shower and how the, the, the new shower heads are below satisfaction. They are of an unsatisfactory level <laughs> and he's not pleased with them. So he's telling a fucking audience of 20,000 people about it. <laughs> Donald likes a good shower. What can I say? Got to have a good shower. <laughs> Describing in detail the process of taking a shower. Because it's funny. And you go into the shower, right? You turn on the water, drip, drip, <laughs> drip. I call the guy, is something wrong with this? No, sir, it's just the restrictor. So you're in there I five times the longer than you're supposed to be. You use probably more water, and it's a very unpleasant experience, right? So we're getting rid of the restrictors. You're going to have full shower flow. I call the guy. Say, hey, is there something wrong with my shower? I even called a guy. The guy said, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. So and it's a very unpleasant experience. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to get rid of it. <laughs> look, look, okay. The wall's not finished. 
We're doing the H1B visa thing that nobody likes. We're doing all of these things that nobody likes. But let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make sure that you get a new shower head. <laughs> 20,000 people in the audience are like, fucking thank God. I've been waiting six months for this shower policy. It's about fucking time. Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> Cheering for showers. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's the talent, I guess. That's what he can do. So I would like to hear from lifelong Democrats, Democrat supporters, and especially fans of Nancy Pelosi, how you expect to compete on the same stage with a dottering, slovenly, slobbering old mess who can barely keep her head upright, who can barely pronounce one word to the next without slurring her words together, who sounds like somebody who's trying to hide the fact that she's drunk because she articulates everything and doesn't know the difference between Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin. I'd like to know how you, you plan to, to put that up. Remember, the smart, sassy, articulate classy, savage lioness of the house. I'd like to know how you're going to put that up against a guy who can literally stand there in front of 20,000 people in supreme confidence, fully expressed and riff about the water flow in a shower and get those 20,000 people to give him a fucking standing ovation for it. For talking about toilets and dishwashers and showers. How the hell do you expect to come out on top in this? How the hell do you even think you have a chance? And if you can't see that most basic, obvious reality, as pointed out by somebody who is completely detached from the emotional constraints of Democrat versus Republican, as an outsider watching the ant farm, if you can't see that obvious reality for what it is, it's because you don't want to. It is the only explanation. You're lying to yourself. There you have it. Got turds floating in there for a week. Week and a half. Can't flush the fucking turds down the toilet. What the hell are we going to do here? Um. <laughs> All right. Should we, should, we do, should we keep on the outrage? Why not? I've got one more clip here, and then we'll probably do a couple more articles. Rational Times, thanks for joining us. Uh, Rational Times is asking, cap or no cap? That's the question. I shave my head, so I don't need a cap. Um, other people, I think caps are just for girls, aren't they? If, you, if you're a guy and you wear a shower cap, get the fuck out. <laughs> get the hell out of this show right now. We don't want your kind here. Thank you very much. All right. Another outrage. Another thing which is going to be incredibly funny to us, but obviously not funny to others. We all know from much experience, the president's Twitter feed doubles as a window into his daily mindset. This morning, for starters, the president's lying to you, claiming that Speaker uh -huh. Pelosi and Democratic lawmakers are mourning or defending, as he says today, trying to make terrorist Soleimani into a wonderful guy. No Democrats are trying to do that. He's also relying on brutal and propagandist imagery to make his point. We're not going to show you the images tweeted or retweeted. Oh, come on. Show us the images. Show us brutal or propagandistic. <laughs> they won't show this brutal propaganda. 
But when Kathy Griffin was walking around with the with the beheaded head of Donald Trump, I could not see it. You couldn't turn the TV on without seeing that fucking ugly skank holding that mannequin's head up in the air, could you? She was fucking everywhere. She was on every channel, wall to wall. Well, we're not going to show this brutal propaganda, though. What is the brutal propaganda, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Tweeted by the president today. But among the president's retweets, a photoshopped image of Speaker Pelosi wearing a hijab and Senator Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader, wearing a turban. (laughs) Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, CNN is now referring to a photoshopped image of Nancy Pelosi wearing a hijab as, quote, brutal propaganda. (laughs) (laughs) You people are dumb as dog shit. (laughs) We're not going to show this this brutal and disgusting propaganda, this brutal imagery. What was it exactly? Uh, It was Nancy Pelosi wearing a hijab. I'm sorry, when, since when did the hijab become a brutal, brutal propaganda? Uh, since now, bigot. <laughs> since now, Nazi. Why don't you keep talking about the showers and the toilets, you prick? Well, thank you. I believe I will. It seems like, seems like uh, one group of people is having a f- far more fun than you are. What, are we getting upset about fucking retweeting memes now? Get a grip, man. Look how serious they take it. Look how serious this is. This is a big this is a big deal for these guys. Separately, he retweeted an image <laughs> Andrew Jackson shake. Come on. This is half of the reason why he was elected exactly. <laughs> of a mutilated corpse. A mutilated corpse. Implying Speaker Pelosi he somehow supported the violence depicted in that picture. Uh, um, I've asked this question many times and so I, I'm the idiot. Why? Because he can. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> you know, I've asked the question many times. Why does he keep doing this? Well, sir, I would like to answer your question with a question of my own. Why do you keep reacting the same way? The answer, the question answers itself. Let's dedicate a whole segment on this this corporate news panel show to discussing why we are so outraged about a meme on the internet. That's why he keeps doing it. That's why everybody shares memes. You cock. (laughs) That's what memes are for. That's why everybody shares images and memes on the internet to create this, what you're doing now. Well, I don't understand this at all. I think we need to sit down and have a long discussion about why this is inappropriate. <laughs> I think we need to sit down and talk about why this is offensive and why nobody should do it. Especially not concerned, especially not the president. It's like, okay, you just created another meme. You've just become a meme now. Congratulations, you're in the game. We did this with Don Lemon, right? When he was complaining about a fucking meme. And he dedicated half of his fucking show to this meme. Oh, oh, it's awful. What is he doing? Why is he doing it? It's like, now, now, Don, now you're the meme now. You see how this game works? It's like herpes. You've become the meme. You're, he's like, oh, we should, I don't want to play this stupid childish game of memes and stuff. I don't want to play this game. Remember when he was so outraged? What? Are you people crazy? 
Are you crazy? We played the clip on this show. He's playing the meme game and he doesn't even know it. He's like, oh, I don't want to play the meme game. Too bad. You, you had to dedicate 20 minutes on your own program to acting outraged. Now you're in the meme game. That's how it works, brother. Thank you for the diamond, Monica. The speech, they, <laughs> they, they are speechless. <laughs> the people who are paid to speak and give their opinions are fucking mute. They do not know what to say. Why is he doing it? We can answer why. Why is it? So why are we able to answer why he's doing it? But you, get, who gets paid six figures to answer why he's doing it, just sits here and goes, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I've got no idea. I can't figure it out. Can you figure it out? I've got no idea. Why are you on the television? Why are you there? What purpose do you actually serve? What function do you fulfill if you can't answer a question like that? Let's carry on. There, there are many. Now let's watch them pretend. Let's watch them over-intellectualize the situation. Let's watch them, you know, throw themselves about metaphysically on the floor, trying to come up with some kind of explanation that sounds smart to dumb people as to why the president retweets memes. Any ways to make your points and to argue policy with those you oppose. Yeah. Um, he believes... It, this is a re-election year. There's plenty of... Oh, the, the head shaking. I don't get it. Why? Why? Why is he doing this? <laughs> They're fucking losers. History and facts and data and focus groups and polling that shows this type of behavior is what hurt his party in the 2018 midterms. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. This makes me so happy. I, I, see, I didn't even watch this far. This makes me so happy I can I can barely contain myself. Did you hear what he just said? Then? Oh, we've got all of the polling and all of the data and all of the focus groups that tell us that this kind of behaviour hurt him in 2018. Well, one, he wasn't on the ticket in 2018, so I don't know where the fuck you pulled that from. But putting that to one side, do you, have you also taken notice of the fact that voters around the Western world, their tolerance for shit like focus groups and polling data and constructed messaging and like polished politicians who only say the same thing, like who only do like the appropriate PC message constantly. Have you noticed how much, how sick of those people everybody is? Well, I don't understand. We ran a focus group and we decided in that focus group that Donald Trump's behavior is inappropriate. I don't know why he keeps doing it. At the same time, they don't know why they are ranked so low on the rankings that they can barely sell advertising anymore. They can't put the two things together. <laughs> we don't know why he's memeing. We don't know why he keeps memeing. And we don't know why people aren't watching us. We don't know why he's not listening to the focus group information that we have, because obviously we know better than this fucking guy. Right? Oh, what about the polling? What about the focus groups? We know. We know that everybody hates this. Why is he still doing it? On an unrelated topic, why is nobody watching my fucking channel? see <laughs> with those you oppose. Um, he believes it, it, he's, this is a re-election year. 
there's plenty of history yeah. and facts and data and yeah. focus groups yeah. and polling yeah. that shows this type of behavior is what hurt his party in the 2018 midterms, especially the suburban, I call it a revolt, it's actually a revolution. It's a revolution in the suburbs. <laughs> of Trump in suburban America. He thinks with him on top of the ballot, it's all going to be different and this is okay. But when it comes to Iran, the way the president views things is through the lens of media coverage. So when he sees... They all seem to know the way he thinks, yet they all routinely fuck it up. They all routinely get their analysis wrong time after time after time after time after time. I will be 100% honest and say to you, you know this is true. From time to time, I will get something wrong. But I don't get everything wrong. <laughs> I'll even say, what about this? I'll say one time out of 10, I get something right. I'm still 100% more right than these cunts. <laughs> they get everything wrong all the time, yet they still have the audacity to sit there on these panels. They don't, they can't even explain to you why he memes. They haven't figured that out yet. That was 2015. We had that down. We figured that out four or five years ago. That's how behind the eight ball these people are. Again, people who are paid to know the answers. So I'll say one time out of 10, I'll get something right. I'll take that versus zero out of 10. I'm kicking ass over here. <laughs> but for some reason, these people that get zero out of 10, who get nothing right time after time after time after time, who can't answer basic questions, they all seem to know what mode, they all know what's in his head at all times. Yet they keep getting it wrong. Well, you see, the way Donald Trump thinks about this is through the lens of media coverage. How the fuck would you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what Donald Trump thinks, he thinks about white supremacy. Donald Trump thinks that uh, he's at war with everybody. Donald Trump thinks that he needs, they, all, they always talk about what he thinks, what he feels. Because modern journalism right now is, it's, it's little more than character assassination constantly on 24 hours, seven days a week. That's what it is. If you are a conservative politician in a Western country, not even a conservative politician, if you're just not one of them, if you're just not one of them, be prepared because you are going to be up for character assassination 24-7. And how do you assassinate somebody's character? You keep referring to the intangibles. You keep referring to the things that nobody can point to and touch and feel and see. You, you refer to the things that exist only in the imagination of those listening to you. What he's thinking, what he's feeling, right? You don't point to anything concrete because that might work against your ploy. That might work against your wily scheme. When you do character assassination, you try to drudge up dark things that cannot be refuted. So you, you make inferences and derive implications from the intangible. And you say, well, deep down in his soul, he has a dark motivation to deceive you. And you can't argue against it because it's like, well, you can't argue for it. You can't argue against, you can't give a rational proposition. You can't give a rational argument to an irrational premise, right? 
what's the saying? I forget. Was it Thomas Jefferson? It might have even been. Was it Thomas Jefferson or Thomas Paine or one of the two? who said you can't reason somebody out of a, a, a position that they haven't reasoned themselves into. So if their argument, if their opinion is um, inherently unreasonable, don't, don't, don't bother trying to bring logic to the, to the conversation. Don't try to bring reason and argument to the conversation. It's not going to work. You cannot reason somebody out of an opinion that they haven't reasoned themselves into. So if someone's opinion is they know how Donald Trump's soul operates and they know how he thinks deep down in the dark recesses of his, of his mind and within his mind they know because they can feel in their soul that he is a dark and disturbed uh, white nationalist, then good luck. You can't argue against them because they're already off the chain. They're already off the hook. They are already unhinged. They're gone. Forget about them. Just let them go. Let them float off into the ocean. <laughs> let them float off down the river because they ain't coming back from that. There's no coming back from that. After this strike on Soleimani, which his officials have promised him is going to get him praise. It's going to be a universally uh, well-liked thing. The president instead sees this and his reaction to it is not when they're questioning the timing and who he who approved this and who he informed beforehand. He doesn't see those as separate. He thinks that they are criticizing him for killing Soleimani, which is obviously not. Again, he thinks, he thinks, he thinks. Fucking garbage. You don't know what you're talking about. You are making it up, my dear. You are making it up. As soon as somebody turns around and says, well, he's wrong because he thinks X, you know that you're winning. You know that you're winning the argument. You know that they've got nothing left. I quietly chuckle to myself when people come in and say, well, you think this. I don't even refute them. I don't even try. I agree with them. Yeah, man, that's me. We had the clown the other day come in and say, you love to, you love to, you're a gay man. You love to suck dick. I'm like, yep. <laughs> you think you love cock. Like, okay. Why would I argue against some random fucking peasant on the internet who's going to tell me what I love? Just let him go. Go for it, mate. It's a, it's a, it's the same thing. Like you don't try to enter into a business deal with somebody in a straight jacket. You just walk past. You just walk past them. If you see a crazy person on the street masturbating in a phone booth, you don't go in there and try to say, hey, would you like a job? Would you like to come and work for me? Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds very reasonable. No. You cover your children's eyes and you say, Phew, and you just keep walking like they aren't there. That's how you deal. That's how you deal with it. <laughs> if someone's going to come in and try to tell you what you're thinking or tell you how you feel, don't bother arguing with them. They're stupid. They are a simpleton. <laughs> So you let them be a simpleton. Let them float off down the river and they'll bother eventually they'll find somebody else to bother. That's their that's their purpose in life. That's their instinct. They have no cognitive rational thought. They just move from one emotional pull to the next. They are the crazy homeless man masturbating in a phone booth. Your only duty at that point is to walk on by. Walk on by. Otherwise, they'll drag you in there and next thing you know, they'll be masturbating you. And you're like, how the hell did I get here? Oh, that's right. I, I tried to have a rational conversation with this person. 
It's my fault. I fucked that up. Uh, let's go to this one. I wanted to share this one. Now, it's time for me to give the conservatives a little rap on the knuckles, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for me to wave my judgmental finger at the conservatives in the... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This one's coming at you hard and fast. Changing America. Uh, Conservative group calls for Burger King to remove impossible Whopper commercial. Okay. So conservative censorship. Let's go. (laughs) I I, I take this personally because I love Burger King. I don't even care if it's rank garbage. Burger King every day of the week over McDonald's, over KFC, don't care. I love it because it's rank garbage. I love it because it makes me feel terrible when I eat it. You know what I mean? I love to punish myself. It's the modern equivalent of, uh, you remember that? Remember the Albino from the Da Vinci Code, how he whips himself to try and feel the pain of Christ? I do a similar thing, but I do it by eating a Whopper. Because I know, like, an hour from now, my guts are going to be screaming in in pure, painful terror. But, you know, I do it to punish, to, to, so I know that I'm alive. I love it. <laughs> Burger King is the latest target of one million mums. A conservative activist group that focuses on stopping, quote, the exploitation of our children, especially by the entertainment media. Okay, I... Don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with angry mums on the internet, but that's just more of a general thing. I don't care if they're conservative or progressive or what have you. I, I really don't care for mums complaining about things on the internet. Like you, you can do it as long as I don't have to be in like the I don't have to be in the firing line at any point. You know, by all means, have your little Facebook groups and send out your little petitions and get signatures and complain about shit on the internet. That's fine. As long as I don't have to know about it. Just just do it over there. Stay over there. Uh, uh, over. Over. And now close the door. Okay, now stay there. That's fine by me. But, you know, angry mums, angry mummy bloggers on the internet. Nah. Nah, not a fan. <laughs> so conservative or progressive, I couldn't care less. Conservative activist group that focuses on stopping the exploitation of our children, especially by the entertainment media. Maybe less time blogging and more time parenting might be a good start, but putting it to one side. Ah! <laughs> oh, did you hear that? What an asshole! He doesn't even get it, man! Times have changed! The internet is everywhere! You can't stop it! We've got to do something! Okay, okay. I just spawned another mummy blog with that one statement, trust me. The group... A branch of the American Family Association has launched several campaigns, several, against television shows and advertisements, as well as entities like Chick-fil-A, Kellogg's, Barnes and Nobles that tend to be popular with children. They're going to war with everybody. The most recent campaign against Burger King came after the food chain released a promotional video for its new Meatless Impossible Whopper. Now, see, now I can get behind this because I am definitely behind um, banning Meatless Whoppers. Because fuck you, that's why. There should be no such thing as a meatless Whopper. That is a travesty. That is an injustice. That's a scandal. That is an outrage of biblical proportions. So, that, yes, that is, that's a terrible, a, a terrible influence on children to make them think that you can have a meatless, soulless, disgusting, pretend patty on a burger. Fuck that. 
No child of mine's going to be eating that shit. <laughs> I don't care how many cows they have to kill. Kill the whole, kill the, cull the whole farm. I want a thousand cows fed into a mincer to make my one hamburger. I don't even care. I'm not eating non-meat burgers. The most recent campaign against Burger King, are a plant-based alternative to the original burger. Shall we see the ad? Shall we see the ad that's causing all the outrage, ladies and gentlemen? Shall we have a little look at this? See why this this thing, this 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 terrible danger to the children must be stopped. We must put a stop to it immediately. The angry mummy bloggers, ladies and gentlemen, you know, once they get their eyes on the prize, they're very hard to pry away from it. It's like trying to get a, a, an alligator off the ass of a deer. You have to use a crowbar to get the mummy bloggers away from a hot topic. So let's have a look. We invited Impossible fans oh. to the opening of a very special restaurant. Okay. Tonight we are at the grand opening of the Impossible Burger Restaurant. I love Impossible Burgers. I hunt them down. I camped out at to have the Impossible Burger. I have pictures if you want to see. And it feels like they're experiencing something big. And we had some great news for them. Yep, it's not an impossible restaurant. I don't know. I might be disappointed. I might I might be excited. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this. I've been <laughs> It's gotta be the first time in history that anybody's been genuinely excited to eat a Burger King, right? <laughs> I'm so fucking excited to have Burger King. Wait, you mean that shit that tastes like it came out of the bottom of a trash can last week? You're excited for that? Well, at least you're easy to please. That's wife material, by the way, lads, if you're out there. If you can find yourself a woman that is impressed and excited to go to Burger King, you need to put a ring on her immediately. <laughs> you will live a very happy married life. If her expectations of excitement are so low that a trip to Burger King is enough to put a smile on her face, trust me, you want, you want that chick. Everything else will fall into place. Stalking Burger King. The Impossible Whopper is now available in New York City. Yes, but no. The Impossible Whopper is going nationwide. Nationwide. LeBron James eating himself some Burger King now. <laughs> you can taste the flame grow. It's like perfect. We wouldn't have it any other way. This is incredible. I'm not going to lie to you. It's here. It's here and it's in every Burger King everywhere. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm yet to see the, uh, the offensive part. Have I missed it? What am I missing here? Where is the uh, the terrible exploitation of children? I haven't even seen a kid. Has there been a kid in this ad? Remember, the mummy bloggers are trying to get this banned because they're fighting against the exploitation of children. Are, are, are the burgers made out of children? What's, what's going on? Is that the problem? Tasty kid burger? Don't knock it till you try it. That'll make, that'll make the little fuckers behave, won't it? <laughs> Do you want to go to Burger King? No! No, please, no! I'll be good. I'll clean my room. Yes, the Impossible Whopper is now available nationwide. You too can go to any Burger King near you and try the Impossible Whopper. The With Impossible a patty Whopper. Plants, no beef. Get it while it lasts. Only at Burger King. Okay, that's it. That's the offensive commercial, so I guess we'd better find out. The ad showcasing people's reaction to the Impossible Whopper in New York City includes a man saying, damn, that's good. 
One million mums quickly launched a campaign to edit or pull the commercial from air altogether. In a press release, one million mums said that it, quote, finds this highly inappropriate when responding to the taste test, he didn't have to curse. Or in fact, it was real and an unscripted interview in which the man was not an actor, then Burger King could have simply chosen to, <clears throat> pardon me, edit the profanity out of the commercial. <laughs> Damn, that's good. Wow. If, if, ladies and gentlemen, mummy, outraged mummy bloggers out there, if this is your crusade, if, if this is your crusade, you are spending too much time on the internet, but you're spending it in the wrong places. I could, if given, if given two hours, I could write a list, 300,000 websites strong, where you should focus your energies when it comes to protecting children. <laughs> I would not be starting with a Burger King Whopper commercial. That's like trying to take down the easy one. I could do it right now. 300,000 websites if you want to go after something, if you want to protect the kitties, before we get to, damn, that's a good Whopper. I don't get it. I, do, I don't get that mentality. Well, we need to protect the children from the cursing. It's awful. It's terrible. It's all the past. Somebody, please think of the children. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. It's conservatives like that that make it harder for other conservatives to convince other people that they should be conservative. I don't care. If you're one of those people that wants to go around banning Whopper commercials because somebody says, damn, that's good, and you're doing it, oh, because my little baby Jesus girl, she can't hear those curse words and those profanities. If you're one of those persons, you're making it harder for other conservatives to recruit other conservatives. You're like the players on the team that just sit on the bench all the time until we need you. And we give you a run every now and then just so your just so your mum doesn't come up and complain to the coach. How come my little Timmy never gets to play? How come he never gets out on the field? Why is that? And we'd love to say, because your Timmy is really shit at football. But we can't. We can't say that. We'll say, don't worry, Timmy's going to get a game on the weekend. And then we let you off the bench and we put you on the field and it's like, we need to ban Burger King commercials now. Think of the children. They're being hurt. Somebody said damn. It's like, oh, can we get Timmy off the field again, please? Can we please get Timmy off the field? <laughs> He's fucking it all up for everyone. Please just relax. Just relax. Just stay calm. Try to remain calm. Woman uses asparagus to predict Trump will win election, but will be impeached. A fortune teller who used asparagus to predict England winning the Cricket World Cup says the US president is in for a rocky 2020. Jem Jemima Packington interprets upcoming world events by chucking veil of Evesham asparagus tips in the air and reading how they land. <laughs> the world's only asparamancer 
thinks Donald Trump will be re-elected this year, but will be impeached again and kicked out of office. Last year, Jemima, also known as Mystic Veg, I nearly, I nearly said Mystic Veg. That's what it read. That's how it read to me as I was reading ahead. I'm glad I double checked. Correctly predicted a year of extreme temperatures across the globe. She thinks climate change will take center stage in 2020, but that more countries will take action to minimize its impact and pressure the other states to accept there is a problem. There she is throwing the mystic vegetable up in the air so the gods can direct fate in a certain way. The psychic says storms, typhoons, hurricanes and flooding will increase tenfold because of global warming and warns the UK will suffer serious flooding. I've got to be brutally honest with you. I find her more convincing than Greta Thunberg. At least she's got a prop. Like if given a choice, why should I believe in climate change? Here is a an, an uppity uh, 16 year old girl who sails around on a sailboat and has become uh, you know an internet celebrity over the course of a month or a crazy old lady who throws dinner in the air and see how it lands on the floor. I'm going with the crazy old lady every day of the week. What does she do? She throws asparagus around and somehow can tell the future. Yeah, okay, I'll go with that. As long as I don't have to listen to that kid again, <laughs> I'll fucking take it. High profile and much loved names in the sporting world are tipped to become embroiled in shocking, shocking scandals. While the youngest ever Oscar winner will be heralded as an acting icon of the future. Continued turmoil within the royal family is expected to result in some members being relinquished of official duties, although the sovereign will prevail. Jemima 64 from Evesham, Worcestershire, says more royal births and bereavements will occur this year. According to the asparagus, a shakeup of major political parties is on the way soon and Brexit will be pulled off far smoother than opponents suggest. Well, you don't need a you don't need a sprig of asparagus to figure that out. Let's be honest. Isn't that wonderful? Woman uses asparagus to predict Trump will win election but will be impeached. Uh, let's, let's go to one more here. Tell you what. Let's try this one. I'll save the others for the next show. Because oh, I'm going to this one because a few people have sent it to me. <clears throat> for no other reason than the fact that a few people have sent it to me. Prep the bull, ladies and gentlemen. Man suffers three-day erection after taking sexual stimulant used to breed bulls. The unnamed man, they're always unnamed with these kinds of cases, aren't they? <laughs> Whose age is also unknown, travelled to Veracruz in Mexico to buy the stimulant as part of an exciting plan to have sex with a 30-year-old woman. A man had to be rushed to hospital after taking a sexual stimulant used for breeding bulls that left him with a three-day erection. The man in Mexico, whose name and age is unknown, is to believe to have taken the stimulant as he excitedly planned to have sex with a 30-year-old woman. However, he ended up needing surgery to tackle the persistent engorgement at special... The great word, isn't it? Engorge. Fabulous word. Persistent engorgement. That's one way of saying rock-hard dick. I'm going to use that next time. Next time things... Lads, try that. Next time things are getting sexy, you know, next time you're getting close to a girl and whatever, just lean into her ear and say, baby, I've got persistent engorgement right now. You'll sound really cool. At Specialist Hospital 270, which in Reynosa is uh, a city on the US-Mexico border, La, Pub La, 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 La Publica reports. 
Doctors told the newspaper he had a sexual stimulant he bought in Veracruz used by farmers in that region to invigorate bulls for insemination. Prep the bull. There's the happy young man laying back on the table, preparing to uh, have his dick sliced open, because apparently that's what they do. They slice open the side of your dick to relieve pressure on the bl- and let blood piss out of it. It's definitely worth it. <laughs> the man has claimed to have travelled in East Mexico to buy a stimulant. He underwent surgery, but there have been no updates on his condition. We demand more information. Last October, a dad from East London had an operation to remove part of his penis to stop his constant painful erections that lasted three days. Just imagine that. Imagine having a, an, an erection so long and it gets so painful that you show up at hospital and say, I don't get, just cut it off. Just get rid of it. Horrifying thought. (laughs) James Mudd, 38, said his embarrassing problem began after a motorbike accident just before Christmas of 2015. He had corrective surgery and screws put in his neck and also suffered post-traumatic stress disorder after the crash, so he was given antidepressants. Doctors believe these meds caused James his penis problems. So he was taking antidepressants and that made him have constant erections? I I guess the lesson here is antidepressants really do work. He was taking antidepressants and then he was happy all the time. (laughs) We could crack coconuts on his penis. He was over the mood. Very happy guy. The father of four says the op has left him with a welcome side effect, claiming he can now romp all night without a break, calling it absolutely brilliant. There you have it. A nice way to end uh, the week on the Daily Boogie. I feel like I could do another show this week. I'm not going to make any promises. If I do do, if I do do, if I do do another show this week, uh, it'll probably be an impromptu one. And if I do, I'll put something out on Twitter. And say, all right, we're doing another show if you want to come in. No pressure, though. No obligation. You don't have to come. That's fine. But if I don't, just in case I don't, I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust and Verify. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive and the Patreon Patreons, of course. Uh, Your ongoing support of this show is always, uh, you know, most humbly uh, appreciated. So thank you so much. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course if you would like to give me a three-day erection then you can do so by following me on twitter at boogie bumper don't forget to follow our friends yes i will open the chest thank you so much for reminding me i so often forget uh if don't forget to follow our friends at real person pltcs at chris mc 44 at y censored underscore at uk neil at the bearded truth ladies and gentlemen at winning tv we've got so many friends now um, and anyone else that I might have forgot. Uh, if I don't see you again, I'll see you again on Sunday night with Trust to Verify, and then we'll be back with the Daily Boogie on Monday. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>